You're listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson, where we encourage you to stay strong and keep the faith with life-relevant Christian messages on the go. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a positive review wherever you are listening. Now here's Lawson Whitson. We just can't seem to get out of the Old Testament lately. All of our texts have been uh, mostly from the Old Testament, and, and I'm there again tonight. But the Old Testament's not outdated. All the principles are still alive. Look at Numbers with me. I'm, I'm going to read Numbers 13, 1 and 2. And then before we're seated, I'm going to read a little later in the chapter. So either turn there with me or look at the screens with me. Numbers 13, 1 and 2. And it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now dropping down to verse 25 of Numbers 13. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him, Moses, and said, We went to the land where you sent us. And truly, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, people dwell in the land that are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Look at all the adjectives they're using. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it, look at their notice there, and all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw... The giants, descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we, get this, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. We saw ourselves as small. And because we saw ourselves as small, they also saw us small. No fancy titles tonight, but I want to talk about one word. I want to talk about perspective. Perspective. How do you see things? How do you see things? You know, a lot. you can have ten people see the same story, watch the same thing unfold, and people will come away with a different take on it. Amen. That's what's happening here, and I believe it's relevant to our life of faith that we're walking out right now. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we open our hearts to your word tonight. Lord, I can do nothing without you and accept you and by you and through you. 
Father, I pray for your anointing this night to quicken my mind, to fill my mouth, to touch this, your people, not only in their ear, but in their heart, in their life, and their future is our desire and prayer. We give you thanks in Jesus' name and the church said amen. You may be seated. Different perspectives. Moses has come through the Red Sea with the over 2 million Jews. They have saw and witnessed the mighty hand of God. They have watched miracles unfold. They have watched seas part. They have watched their enemies to be destroyed. And here they are. They're on the border of coming into Canaan land. So Moses picks 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to go in and to spy out the land, to kind of go in and kind of get a, get a take on what to expect when they invade the land. And 10 comes back saying we can't. You heard all the adjectives that they gave. They are bigger than us. They are more than us. They are stronger than us. The land, too, it eats up the inhabitants. Man, it's rough terrain. We won't be able to overtake this army. You've got this one in the mountains and this one down by the sea and the others here. And besides all of that, they are giants. There are giants in the land. We cannot. And that fear spread like a cancer. It spread worse than COVID. How many words neg how many knows that negative words are infectious? Amen. They're much more infectious than good words. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, if good news could spread as quickly as bad. Man, wouldn't the world be a much better place? News sells and even that the, the the networks even hype up things and and really make them more negative and bigger than they are because people gravitate toward hearing something negative. However, Caleb and Joshua had a different take. They said, hey, said God's prepared everything for us just like He promised. There's houses there for us to live in. They've already built them for us. There are vineyards there for us to eat from that we didn't plant. They brought back, in other portions of the scripture, they brought back and they had poles that they would carry on two men's shoulders and in the middle would be pods of huge grapes. And they brought them back just to show how fruitful the lamb was and said, look at this, said, the land is ours for the taking. Let us go in at once so we can, we got this. But here's the deal. Ten came back with doubt and only two with faith. It's funny how your faith changes your perspective. Can I hear an amen? Your faith determines and even changes your perspective. When your faith is stronger, you see opportunity more than obstacle. How you see things determines your thoughts, your actions, and your reactions. How you see things. Oh, we all have 20-20 sight. You know, sight is different than vision. A lot of people can see the same thing, but the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. 
Tonight, I'm praying that New Life will be a church of not just sight, but a people of vision. Land that flows with milk and honey, but we can't have it. All the people there are giants. Really? Really? All of them? And even if they were, if God said we can have it, we can have it. A giant is no problem for God. It's almost like the ten spies were shot because there were people in the land. Well, how else are you going to eat from vineyards that you did not plant? How else are you going to live in houses? And you might say, now that, that, that is cruel and, and I don't know why God operates like that. Let, let me tell you something. God puts a difference between those who serve Him and those who serve Him not. God puts a difference in the righteous and the wicked and the ungodly. Even when Israel was back in Egypt, during the plagues, they lived in the land, the portion of Egypt called Goshen. When there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. When the plagues were in the rest of Egypt, it wasn't in the land of Goshen. I've come to tell you tonight, there are more benefits to serving God than just escaping hell and making heaven. This is the best life. It is the blessed life that you can live when you put God first, but your perspective has to change. I don't care what promise or what blessing God gives you, it will always require you to trust Him for some part, a tag in, something, some question that is not answered to where even to receive it, you're going to have to have an element of faith. Kind of like we are on this building right now. And I know I'm really sticking my neck out on a limb. But I'm telling you right now, why would we doubt God? God gave us this property. He gave us the 32 acres. He gave us the church in Lexington. He has opened every door. I don't even have time. God has answered many prayers in your own personal life. He saved you. He kept you. He healed you. He delivered you. He protected you. All the times that you called it luck, it wasn't luck at all. God has been in your business the whole time to bless you and lead you and guide you and direct you. It is a sin to doubt God now. Amen. The only way that you can please God is to believe Him. Here's the catch, the difference of perspective. The ten doubters said we were as grasshoppers in our sight. Man, don't tell me men can't have drama. We talk about drama queens. These were drama kings. I mean, what did they send in some girly men? I mean, what man comes back and says that, even if you thought it? Men just don't talk like that. Yeah, they big, but they ain't no way. You know, we, we put on the macho for you. They, they big, but they going to hit the dirt, Jack. I'm, I'm telling you, you know. You, you know I, I mean, he must have picked like some girly guys to go in. I, I don't know. but We were as grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. Give it a rest, man. 
But let me say this tonight. How you see yourself has everything to do with how others see you. Amen. Your perspective dictates your speech. The ten doubtful spies infected over two million people with their doubt. Right on the border, right on the brink of walking into their promise, God brought them there. The time was right. Had they entered in right then, God would have fought their battle. But their doubt turned them back into the wilderness. And God says, you're going to wander around in the wilderness one year for every day that the spies was in the promised land. For 40 years, a generation died that could not receive the promise all because of the wrong perspective of 10 men. Two million plus. Hundreds of thousands died in the wilderness all because they listened to people with the wrong perspective. You don't think it matters? You better believe it matters. Be careful whose opinion you believe. Everyone has one. And they will usually share it with you freely. Most of the time without an invitation. How you see things determines whose voice you value. How you see things determines whose voice you listen to. How, 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 do, you, how do you know who to listen to? Well, I just don't know who to listen to. Who should I listen to? Who's, whose advice? And, and that, that's a legitimate question, but it has an easy big filter that will really narrow it way, way, way down. And it's an easy filter. When someone wants to share their advice or, you know, with you, whether or not you listen or give ear to it is this simple. Without telling them, look at their fruit basket. How have they applied their own advice to their life and what proof is it visibly, tangibly in their life that that advice works? And it's getting quiet in here. If they're as messed up as you, you should seek more counsel. Amen. If they are as broke as you, don't take their financial advice. And if they don't serve God, they're not faithful to church, they don't have a prayer life, they're not committed to Christ in no form or fashion, whatever you do, let it go in here and out there. You go and find you someone else to listen to. So I've just simplified half your life right there. Who do I listen to? Let me see your fruit basket. You going to advise me on finances? Do you have any money? We get that. But apply that to spiritually. 
You would be surprised, and I know this sounds simple, but you would be surprised how many people would go out of a church service where there is an anointed man of God who has fasted and prayed and heard from God, preached to them from the Word of God, and they go out and talk to the first or whoever, and they will listen to them. They'll go on to the Internet. Well, the Internet said it. It must be true. That isn't what this website I found said. We're laughing, but people do that. And you know what? A lot of people are turned away from their God-given promises and they're turned back out into the wilderness of life because they listen to the wrong people that had the wrong perspectives. I want to know what thus saith the Lord. I want to know who is on the Lord's side. I want a word from God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. It is to lead us and to guide us. I wish I had a little help in here on this Wednesday night. You don't have to be a stick in the mud. You don't have to be doubtful. You don't have to be fearful. Just get into the presence of God and say, God, lead me. Show me. Your perspective determines who you are willing to learn from. And it absolutely determines what you see as important. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the, of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Isn't that powerful? But to us who are being saved, I like that, who are being saved. Pastor, I already got saved. No, you're being saved. When you get fully saved, not when you approach the gate of heaven, but when you walk in. He was the author of my faith. And now He is the finisher of my faith. Now I am completely saved. Now I am entirely saved. Amen. I I love that. For us who are being saved. It is the power of God. The same thing that is foolishness to one. For us, it is the power of God unto salvation. And then a few verses down in that same chapter, Paul writes, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks he's foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, this is not a race thing, but it's a belief thing. But to those who are being saved, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The difference in perspective. The same gospel that is looked at as foolishness is greatly adored and appreciated by others who are receiving salvation and strength from it. Amen. Have you ever heard it said, one man's junk is another man's treasure? What's the difference? Perspective. Perspective. Go to the flea markets, yard sales, thrift stores. People come out of there. Tickled to death. Look what I found for $6. Look, look, look at it. $6. I got it at the yard sale down the road. 
They wanted 12 and I talked them down to six. Look at this. Man, I'm proud of this. Look at it. Woo, boy, I rung the bell on this one. Look at it. But to the guy that got rid of it, it's like, get that junk out of here. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you want to give me? I just, now my dad, Paul Paul, he is the master negotiator. He'd come home, look at this lawnmower. They said it wouldn't start. I come home, put a spark plug in the thing, pulled it two times. Watch that bad boy run. $8. I got it for $8 right there. You know what the difference is? Perspective. What was junk to one was valuable to someone else. Some people will give good money for what someone else throws away. You can apply that spiritually. Oh, if you could see the facial expressions that I see from here. Not just tonight, but at any service. I kind of get tickled. Sometimes there'll be people at different places in the building. They'll be crying. They'll be weeping. Oh, this man, they're in, they're in the presence of God, man. Speaking in a heavenly language and praising God. Man, they're having a breakthrough. And someone else is over there clipping their fingernails and talking. And they're like, mm-hmm. What, what, what's, the, what's the difference? I mean, is it good or is it not good? You know what the difference is? Perspective. What one values as nothing, another one treasures. Amen. Some of you can't go forward to God's best for your life because you have believed the devil's lie that you aren't worth much and could never be any value to God. But I came tonight to tell you, change your perspective. You aren't a mistake. You aren't trash. You are of great worth. And you have a divine purpose on your life. And anybody that tells you otherwise, you need to cut them off like a bad habit. Anybody that sows doubt into your life is the most dangerous person in your circle. Anybody that doesn't value you, you need to have a going away party. I'm serious. Don't go where you're tolerated. Go where you are appreciated. Go where you are celebrated. You might not think much of me, but i got a heavenly Father that loves me. I've I've got favor with the master of the universe. I don't know who you think I am, but if you you think lowly of me, that's your prerogative. But I don't have to stand around and let you pour that negativity into me because it injures my faith. It hurts my perspective. So I'm just going to kind of nicely, nonchalantly put you on the short list. If your perspective is wrong, you will never fulfill that purpose that God has called you to. Here's a famous old poem. Some of you may have read this or heard it before, but it has a lot of merit to read it aloud tonight. It's called The Touch of the Master's Hand. "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth its while." 
to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folk, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar? A dollar, then two? Only two dollars? Who'll make it three? Going for three? But no, from the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet. As a caroling angel sings, the music ceased and the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low said, Now, what am I bid for the old violin? And he held it up with a bow. A thousand dollars? Who will make it two? Three thousand once? Three thousand twice? Going and gone, he cried. The people cheered, but some of them cried. We do not understand what changed its worth. Quickly came the reply. It was the touch of the master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin, his auction cheaped to a thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once, he's going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never quite understands. The worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Is that not awesome? Amen. Amen. You're the old violin. I'm the old violin. Visibly not much worth, but in the master's hand. In the master's hand, you are of great value for the kingdom of God. To God be the glory. Would you give Him a praise tonight? You will only realize your true worth when you are in the Master's hand. After God touches your life, it changes your perspective about yourself. Or it should. And everyone else's perspective about you as well. Your faith cannot be in the old, worn sinful flesh we are, but in the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives. That's why we need to pray every day, God, fill me afresh with your anointing power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. How many would just give him a praise and ask him that tonight? God, fill me afresh. Would you do that right now? Just say out loud, God, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Master, place me in your hand and use me. Without you, even the Bible says we are nothing without Him. But in the Master's hand, we become of great value. God, open our eyes to your glory. Let us see through the eyes of the Spirit. Let us see what others cannot and refuse to see. So was the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. The prophet Elisha has been surrounded by a Syrian army. He is sitting there real calm and he's kind of in a valley and there's mountains all around and his servant, the young man that is there to help him, 
He says, Master, what shall we do? He's seeing, he's seeing all the Syrian army. No, Elisha sat back and he's just so calm. The young man's probably saying, what is wrong with you? I mean, do you not see we're getting ready to buy it here? But Elisha just calm. He just prays this prayer. Lord, I pray, would you open this boy's eyes that he can see? Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, a.k.a. angelic host. He could only see, he could only see the natural opposition. His perspective was not open to open the eyes of the Spirit, but Elisha could see. His attitude was different because his perspective and what he was seeing was different. Your situation's really not as grim as you think it to be. You just need a different perspective. You just need to pray, God, open my eyes. I can see the trouble with my natural eyes, but I'm asking you to open my spiritual eyes for me to see the help that you've already dispatched to my situation. Amen. The angelic host was there all the time. The young man couldn't see it and was worried to death. But the prophet was just cool, calm, and collected. When you can see the help of God in your life, your nerves calm down. I'm ministering to someone right now. You are not stressed. You're not tormented. You don't need a Xanax. You don't need a nerve pill. You don't need to smoke weed. You don't need to drink nothing. You just need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. That's all you need. God, open my eyes. God, change my perspective. Help me to see clearly the way you see things. In the presence of God, we see things correctly and clearly. The profound Old Testament prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 6, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and the one, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. It doesn't matter what kind of title you carry. Doesn't matter how many degrees are behind your name. When you get in the presence of God, you see things differently. Amen. That's why it's so important for us to be led and filled with the Holy Spirit. I make no apologies. We are a spirit filled church. 
Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot go to heaven. Born again of water and spirit. You're being baptized in the Holy Ghost as you being born of the Spirit. God, fill me with your Spirit. Some of you get worried when I said that. i got to have the Spirit to go to heaven. You need the Spirit to go to work. I, I mean, for real. That Spirit. Now, now Sunday, Sunday knows Easter. And we're going to be talking about the resurrection. And I'm about to preach Sunday's message tonight. But, but when Jesus died on the cross, He could not have died unless the Spirit came out of Him first. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. When Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, you get, you get, you get more than your money's worth when you come midweek too. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's that statement about? It's this right here. Jesus, the man, the human, felt the presence of God, which is spirit, come out of him. And he hung his head and said, it is finished, and he died. No part of God died. The second person in a triune Godhead did not die. Not even for three days have you ever been left with two-thirds of a God. Number one, because there's only one God. Amen. Here's the deal. The Spirit went out, the body died. After three days, do you know how God resurrected the person of Jesus? The Spirit came back in. Romans chapter 8 says that the same Spirit that quickened. When you read in your old King James Version, the word quicken, it means to make alive. The same Spirit that quickened the mortal body of Jesus, Romans chapter 8, will shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body at the resurrection. But here's the deal. You don't die with the Spirit. You can't receive it as a dead person. You can only receive it by faith and asking for it here. That's why it's so important. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit to lift me out of here when you come back for the church, to change my attitude, to change my perspective right now. Isaiah saw himself differently. He said, oh... I've been in the presence of God. Woe is me. He had a repentant heart, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among my people, people of unclean lips. Church, that's why it's so important for us to fast and pray. Because when we get into the presence of God, our perspective changes. The Spirit shows us, us, how He sees us. Almost finished, but this last verse, Proverbs 16 and 2, says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. I'm good. I hope so. But the Lord 
ways the spirits. How many wants the Lord to open your spiritual eyes? God, change my perspective. Can we stand together tonight? Thank you for listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson. We hope that this message equipped you and empowered you to live the Christian life. We would like to invite you to attend one of our dynamic services, either in person or online. Visit nlcjc.org, that's nlcjc.org, for the campus and service times that work for you. Be sure to connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. We look forward to being with you next time on New Life Today with Awesome Winston.